0: Greater uncertainty that exists or that you choose to accept in your life the greater the possibility that exists the more the energy of change that you either embrace or you're experiencing the greater the possibility it's like no surprise that as covid is like the most uncertain experience of our lives there's also the seeds of some really beautiful possibilities that are being born our beliefs our thoughts our paradigms what we're focusing on is getting in the way of our possibility. If you're focused on a possibility, that becomes the lens through which you see your environment. What is the vision that you wanna lean into? You move towards what you think and talk about most. So let's think and talk about possibility. Let's think and talk about vision. Let's lean into that.
1: Those are the inspiring words of Ben Skemper, a leader who is helping others to uncover the path to their greatest possibilities. During his time at Cutco, Ben became known as someone who could bring the best out of individuals and teams, setting records through his leadership that still stand to this day. As founder and CEO of the coaching organization, Abundant, Ben's mission is to help people manifest their most authentic expression that creates extraordinary results and their highest level of impact. Ben's students include an A-list of top achievers in Vector, like Brian Hurlman and Brandon Brown, plus teams from major companies like Salesforce and Square. In this conversation, Ben will actually take you through an exercise to help you step into your own abundant possibility. Get yourself ready for the mind-blowing insights of Ben Skemper. Welcome to Changing Lives, Selling Knives. I'm your host, Dan Cassetta. and hands-on experiences, you'll gain insights that can help you in whatever it is that you do in life. Thanks for pressing play. Let's get on with today's episode. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. My guest today is Ben Skemper. Ben worked in Cutco from 2007 to 2014. He worked with Mike Muriel in the Chicago area, actually was uh, the pilot office manager with Mike Muriel in 2009 when that office set the all-time one week record over $240,000 in cutco sales which still stands to this day. 11 years later, in his first full year as a district manager with the company, Ben won the silver cup as the number one overall manager in his category. He is well known for productivity per rep for bringing the best out of individuals That's something that Ben established a reputation for during his Cutco days, and that has continued to this day in his coaching business. He left Cutco to establish a coaching business that was called Epic Impact originally. He studied very extensively under Tony Robbins and many others to develop a lot of great strategies and insights to share. His coaching business is now called Abundant, and it really boasts an A-list of clients and students particularly many notable individuals in the Cutco organization, as well as individuals and teams from companies like Square and Salesforce and many others uh, in the San Francisco area in particular. And so really excited to have Ben as a guest today. We're going to have a lot of great insights and ideas that come out of this. Ben Skemper, thanks so much for making time for the
0: podcast. Thanks for having me on. Excited to have a nice conversation here with you, Dan.
1: Yeah, great. Well, I'm, I've been looking forward to this for a long time. And, and I, you know, we haven't caught up in a while, Ben. It's been uh, quite a while since we've chatted, and it's been a pretty crazy year that has happened here in 2020. I'd love to hear a little bit about, you know, how this year has affected you, and in particular, what has been the gift that has come out of this year for you.
0: Mm. Yeah, last time I saw you was JP Sears down in San Diego, and then yep. we had some wine and some dinner at that restaurant in Cleveland. So yeah, it's good to catch up with you, and, and this year. I mean, what a year for everybody. And your question is, what's the gift that's come out of this year? And and honestly, there's a ton. Well, one, my wife and I timed it perfectly. We we had a really just like synchronistic COVID experience in that we, in end of last year, we decided to rent out our house March through July in San Francisco. And our, our idea was, hey, let's go check out Austin. Let's go check out San Diego. Like we love San Francisco, but, you know, maybe we want to live somewhere else. Like let's, let's try it before we buy it kind of thing. Yep. And so we had a renter for our house and started March 1st. Now we ended up not doing a whole bunch of traveling, but we were able to go spend time in the Midwest with our families. And so Cassie's family's in Minnesota. They have a cabin in the woods. And it was, it was just a great opportunity to be in nature and not be so impacted by Uh, As much as cities have been impacted, right? Go in the sauna every day, jump in a frozen lake. Like, that's the kind of crazy stuff I like to do. And then we spent the summer in Michigan, and my parents have a house on Lake Michigan. It's my favorite place in the world. So there's definitely been the gift of like connecting more to nature and connecting more with family. That's been a huge gift. And I think also beyond that, just for me and the work that I do and that we do at Abundant, it's been a pleasure truly to be able to serve people in this time. You know, we believe that the greater uncertainty that exists or that you choose to accept in your life, the greater the possibility that exists. And so, you know, working with companies like square and others to help them find the possibility and all this uncertainty has been really rewarding. And so it's like, there's now's the time to really serve and where what we do helps people more than ever. So that's been
1: a huge gift. Yeah, that that's really cool to hear. I know that at a time of great uncertainty as you described, people really need a mindset coach. And that's I know one of the things that you are expert at providing for others and I'm sure that uh, you've been of great great service to many people during this time and that's awesome to hear. Take us back to uh, when you first got started with Cutco, Ben. How'd you hear about the company and how'd you get
0: started? Geez, you know, I got a letter in the mail, as many people do. And I just was like, you know what? This, I'm not quite sure what this is. It's a little sketchy, but I'm going to check it out. I'm going to show up, see what it's all about. And I, was, I, I share with people all the time how it's funny how those little moments can change everything. The, the entire trajectory of your life. And for me, getting that letter in the mail is one of, if not the most formative moments. It's like getting that letter, saying yes, going into the interview, accepting that job. I just, it's changed my life completely. And so that's how I got started. You know, I wanted to pay for school. I went to a school that was expensive, Grinnell College. I, you know, once I realized, oh shit, I got to pay for these loans at some point. I yeah. got to make some more money. And Cutco was the perfect vehicle for that. So that's yeah. how I got
1: that's cool. And this was in Chicago area. W- was it in Mike
0: Muriel's office when you originally started? No, my, my original manager was Carol Bart in Oakbrook, and yeah, it was it was a, a really fun office to be a part of. There was a a guy named Noel Moore who had started right before me. He like did eighteen thousand for his fast start. You know, he sold thirty thousand for SC two, and so I kind of got into this environment where there were some already people setting a, a pace that was pretty
2: mm. fast.
0: And so I sold fifty grand in my first four weeks, and went from fast start right into SC two. It was kind of like the perfect storm to just explode in sales. So, wow, fifty k in your first four weeks—that's crazy. Eight slept and breathed Cutco. Everybody was like, "Where'd you go, Ben?" He's like, "I'm at Money Camp." So,
1: <laughs> what were some of the success factors that uh, enabled you to do so well like that?
0: Yeah, honestly. The biggest one is that I just trusted my manager. Like I, I did literally everything that Carol Bart told me to do. I, I just was like, you are an expert here. You know much more than I. I'm not going to question what you're teaching. I'm going to show up when you tell me to show up. I'm going to do the things that you tell me to do. And I mean, I worked really hard. I did over 80 appointments in the, my first SC2. Still have my planner with like all this, all the, the time slots scheduled out, and I think beyond that, I one of the unique things I think that made me successful in my appointments early on is that I shared my vision with my clients.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So uh, I shared the vision of why I was selling Cutco and how it's interesting how I, I shared about how I wanted to grow up to be able to change the culture of business and impact it in some. Meaningful way. And I talked about how I wanted to learn the skills here that were going to help me do that one day. And then I would ask my customers, What's your vision? And I think that that just created a strong bond and connection in my appointments where people wanted to support me and were engaged. It's not just wanting to support me, they were engaged in the presentations, they felt connected to me. And because of that connection, I think they were able to see the value. Yeah. I love that
1: uh, asking the customers about their vision you know what they're excited about people love to talk about the things that they're excited about you know people really come alive when you give them that opportunity and i'm sure that helped you establish some great connections with people
0: can i say something more about that here yeah yeah i mean back then and it's, it's i mean it's true today too but how many people get asked that question it's not often that you ask like what's your vision what do you want and so it was like a true value additive experience to ask questions like that to my customers. Mm-hmm. And I remember all the time, like, huh, like, I haven't thought about that in a while. You know, when you're caught in the rut of life, just trying to make ends meet, whatever it might be, sometimes if someone's not asking you that question, you don't think about it. And one of the opportunities I think all salespeople have, no matter what you're selling, is that you can leave people better than you found them through your conversation, whether or not they buy from you. That's one of the things I love most about sales. So,
1: yeah. But that was a very profound thing that you said about leaving people better than you found them. I like to share the concept of adding value to the world. In in every experience that we have, and every place that we go, right? We add a little bit of value to the world. It could be something as simple as like picking up a piece of litter you see while you're hiking. Like You just actually improve the experience for all the next people coming behind you that don't have to see this thing there right and it's a small thing but those small things multiplied many times over makes the world a much better place for everybody it's like baking a bigger pie right it doesn't matter what you know different type of slice you have that the pie is bigger everyone has an opportunity for more and i I know that's how you and i both sort of view Mm -hmm. interacting with people in the world
0: absolutely yeah i love that that image of the pie
1: yeah so you you worked with Mike Muriel closely uh, as a division office manager, pilot office manager, and then you became a district manager, had a very nice career with the company before moving on. What about your experience with Cutco was transformational in your life?
0: Yeah, it's, it's, there's a lot of ways to answer that question. And I think one of the simplest ways to answer is that it showed me what was possible. You know, and I think that Wherever you grow up, there's some, somewhat of a bubble you grow up in, and you only know the world as you're taught it, as your teachers, your parents, whoever you grow up around tell you the world is. And it's, it's a struggle, I think, to figure out what you really want to do in, in life and to figure out and know like what's truly possible. And, and being in sales, particularly in the Cutco environment, just showed me how much more was possible than like what I thought prior going into it. It's like what I thought was a lot of money got transformed really quickly making 20 grand in a month. Well, we'll do that. We're like, Wow. There, there's a whole financial opportunity. I, I wasn't aware of. And then realizing you can do 80 presentations in two weeks. I mean, you can sell $50,000 of something in a month. It just it kind of blew my mind in terms of what, was possible for me to want from life, to expect, and that's a huge one. And it's it's just that mindset that you learned in cutco sales. You know, earlier today, I actually had a, an interview with a former team member of mine who was kind of like my right hand man in 2009 when we broke the record. And he he fights fires. He's a forest uh, forest firefighter in Montana, and. He was sharing about how that same mindset that he learned in sales through Cutco is what kind of gave him the permission and the courage to say, you know what, I want to be, I want to go fight for Aspires. And that's not like the common path for people in Chicago and where I grew up from, but like, it's possible. And so that mindset is what helped him do the thing that he wanted to do. And and so I think that's a big thing that I took away is, is just kind of having my possibilities shattered and it encouraged me to dream and think bigger. Uh, That was hugely transformative. And the other thing I'll say on that is, you know, I just learned the basics and the foundations of leadership, of performance, of coaching, that really were the foundation for who I am and what I do today. Uh, I believe it was the best education I could have ever gotten. I'm grateful for my Grinnell College education, but I attribute so much more of who I am and what I know to those seven years with Cutco.
1: Yeah, I'm grateful for you to express that, Ben, that you described the foundations of leadership and performance. And you know, one of the, the sort of signature concepts I feel comes out of Cutco for people is uh, comes from the idea that you're paid based on how well you do. Right. And it just, the way the world works is we get paid for bringing value to the marketplace. We don't just get paid for showing up. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, any job where you're paid for showing up pays you very little. Mm -hmm. And so, and if you, you know, stop doing anything, when you show up, eventually you'll be fired and won't get paid that anyway. And so it's so important to learn to produce and be successful and to solve problems and overcome challenges and, you know, achieve your goals. And that's all some of the foundational ideas that I know you got from your vector experience that, that are things that you that you share with others. And, and leadership is about understanding that and then developing an ability to help others to understand that and then to actually reap the benefits of that understanding. So I, I really feel like that's a, a great point that you made. I also want to say that uh, your concept of sh- of uh, seeing what was possible, I really feel like there are, there are certain experiences, and you know, working in cut cone vector is, is one of them, uh, I feel, that they don't improve your sight, of course, but they improve your vision. Hmm. Right? They help you to see so many things that you previously could not see mm-hmm. um, that are possibilities in the world. Possibilities for yourself, possibilities for others, possibilities for the world in general. We just become much more of a possibility thinker uh, when we're around Vector, whereas a lot of people, I think, think more in terms of probabilities and you know what what's likely or you know what does the average person do or things like that. After being in Vector for a long enough time, your thinking completely flips around as to you know, hey, what could be here,
0: right? Mm-hmm. What's possible. Yeah, I want to riff on this a little bit because you're absolutely right, and I think that that's one of honestly, most, one of the most important ideas of this time in human history is, is for us as individuals and as groups of people to recognize we are the most powerful variable. And I think you learn that in sales, right? It's like, wow, I can, I can create as much value in this interaction as, as I'm willing to explore, learn to, get creative in doing so. And that can completely change the probability. You know, the probability that someone's going to buy knives from you before the presentation is pretty low, right? But that's like the power of sales is you see, wait, I can, I can teach this person. I can educate them. I can connect with them. I can open them up to new possibilities within their kitchen and, and we can get a sale. And, you know, I think that if as humans, we are following just the probabilities that we're screwed, right? And We need to really be thinking about what's possible, especially in this time where technology is more advanced than ever before. We have more abilities. I mean, we're doing this like 12 years ago. This didn't exist when I started in Cutco, that we could be having this conversation this way. Maybe it it really wasn't like that prominent or prevalent. And so there's just so much more that's possible than ever before. And I think that's where we need to be starting from in pretty much every arena. Is, is optimizing for possibility but it starts with, with you as an individual and and owning the possibility of possibility for yourself
1: yeah exactly exactly it, it's definitely a, a mindset that, that I feel like can be learned and internalized and I would just suggest to anybody listening that anytime you catch yourself thinking in terms of limitation restriction, anything that is, you know, uh, uh, we would categorize as sort of negative. I think that's an important time to recognize that you're in that frame of mind. And to ask yourself, right, what's the positive opposite here? Right? What could happen here? What would be my ideal outcome in this situation? Because if you start thinking in those terms, then you find a lot of opportunities and possibilities that you otherwise would not find.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, I'm not a neuroscientist. Sometimes I wish I was. So I understood how these principles worked at a deeper level. But it's the reticular activator system, right? It's it's confirmation bias. It's like if you're focused on a possibility, that becomes the lens through which you see your environment. And just as you said, you actually find different opportunities. You find different ingredients or building blocks for what your decisions might be, who you might connect with, how you might move forward, what resources... You might utilize from a lens of possibility versus a lens of problematizing or problems, you know, confirmation. bias. We're going to see what confirms that problem or our, our minds are wired to find what could confirm that possibility.
1: Exactly. 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 It's interesting to think about the term confirmation bias in a positive way. Exactly. Right.
0: (laughs) We can hack that. We can hack our confirmation bias, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, precisely. So. And the other uh, thing that anybody could be thinking about right now, just show how powerful confirmation bias is. So use that shit to your advantage. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
1: Yeah, that's cool. Ben, tell us a little bit about the impact of Mike Muriel on your development.
0: Yeah. You know, I I really consider Mike to be my first mentor in a lot of ways. You know, and, and Carol Bart was a huge gift to me as well. She was a fantastic manager. And she taught me a tremendous amount. But Mike was someone who I I learned from for years and like really committed to the relationship of of receiving leadership from him. And you know, I think one of the big things that he just he taught me is what it was going to take, you know, what it was going to take to do big things. And he and I had a very unique and special relationship where I allowed him to push me. To my limits, and that's something that I asked of him, and that requested, I requested, and he definitely taught me a lot about the barriers I was setting for myself, and and helped me stretch and push to new heights and what was possible. You know, I remember when I told him, like, I want to do one point three million dollars this summer. He was like, "Who the f do you think you are?" Like, blah 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 blah. He like challenged the crap out of me originally, and was like, was kind of like, "You've only run one office." And then so I was like, no, I, I want to do that. And he's like, all right, well, it's, you know, then I'm gonna have to push the crap out of you. And I was like, game on, let's do it. And, you know, also just, you know, he taught me a lot about life and about how to think about, I remember my first SC2 meetings, you know, the 10K Alliance uh, meetings that he, you know, helped us learn to run as managers. And like, those are the first times I meditated. Those are the first times that, I ever did visioning exercises and those are such powerful tools that I use today for myself, but also with, with everybody that, that I serve and lead. lead. So just like those seeds were planted in a lot of ways through that relationship. And the other thing that even goes beyond Mike is just, and what I love about the Cutco family is that, you know, I had all these like uncles and aunts who were helping me. And I didn't just have Mike as a mentor. I had Chanda, I had Justin Donald, I had Dane. You know, even I think about my first company trip and I remember conversations with Mike Cassetta at like midnight at the bar at Costa Rica. And, you know, I think about like you and I never interacted a ton, but it's like, there's that, that community within the culture where it's like, if I saw you at an SLC in a conference, it's like, I knew that Dan Cassetta had my back and wanted me to win. and would share advice with me, even though you're across the country in a different region and division. And I think that that's really rare and really precious about the Cutco culture, and uh, something that just makes it a a fantastic place to come from and to grow up in.
1: Yeah, your guy's office and our office competed tooth and nail in two thousand nine, mm-hmm. right down to the end of the year. And you know, I feel like one of the reasons that we both succeeded was because Mike and I had a culture for many years of sharing the goods with each other, right? And that, uh, you know, and we would share our successes with each other uh, when they happened. And it was, we were always excited for the other guy. I would see you guys post these huge weeks and the competitive side of me would be like, oh shit, how are we ever going to compete? But then I was like, that's awesome. We could do that. You know, let's strive for that. And it was great to always have that, uh, that vibe.
0: And I, and I could go on, you know, John Kane, Trent Booth, you know, Drew Frank took a lot of calls from me back in the day. I blew him up. I was like, Drew, what are you doing? Teach me the ways. I yeah. so just have a culture where that was really welcomed and a part of the culture was, was really special.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Well, it, it's great to hear that you received such a, a strong foundation and cut go from Carol and from Mike in those days. Oh, yeah, what advice would you have for people in Cutco to get the most
0: out of their experience? One, just kind of from the conversation you and I were just having, or th- about how much support there is, I would say take advantage of that. Like, don't be afraid to call people. Build relationships with people who are doing the things you want to do. Uh, I think people hesitate; they're afraid. Like, is this person going to take my call? Are they going to be annoyed? But more often than not, people, especially in Cutco, want to help, and so. It's like, are you actually taking advantage of that? Or are you keeping your problems, your challenges, your fears to yourself? And so I think that's a huge one is like, do you, are you taking advantage fully of all of the leadership resources that exist? And, you know, I think about, you know, even like Vector Connect, how many, does that still exist? Yes. Yeah. Like how many amazing talks are there from like the last 20 years? That's people should be paying to have access to that. You know, you could charge for that. I actually would pay right now as an alumni to have access to Vector Connect in that library. Like there's some good stuff in there. And, you know, I think the other piece of advice I would give is to commit and commit for a significant period of time. And, you know, the way I think about it is like, if you commit for three or four years, it's like, I don't know that I want to sell knives forever. And that's a perfectly fair thought to have. But if, if you commit for three to four years, it's going to be challenging. It's going to be hard. It's going to be stuff you have to overcome. It's going to be stuff you have to learn. You're going to fail. You're going to have some disappointments. You're going to have some wins and, su- and some successes. But you're, you're going to get so much from that experience. And I think that sometimes people have that short-term mindset of like week to week, month to month, campaign to campaign. And I think the people who are really able to grow as a leader and get the most out of the experience are able to build or achieve a vision within Cutco over time. And so even if you're like, I don't know if I want to be in sales. Great. You should still commit. You should still commit for three to four years. Because whatever you want to do in the world, if you want to make an impact in any way, right? if you want to leave it better than you found it, that's going to happen through your influence. It's going to happen through your leadership. And I can think of no better education that exists currently, right? For where you could learn to be influential. You can learn powerful communication, connection. You can learn leadership. The fact that people can run an... I got to run an office. When I tell that to people, I'm like, when I was 19, I recruited 60 people onto a sales team and trained them and managed them. People are like, What? You did, you did that at 19? Like, yeah, I, I led a team of 60 people when I was 19. That's such a unique, valuable experience. There are people in their 40s who've never done that. So take advantage of all the help
1: and commit. Yep. That's great advice. I really appreciate that. Let's talk a little bit about uh, your career after Cutco. Why did you decide to
0: start your own coaching business? I was ready. I would say is is, is the answer that uh, really comes to mind, and I was, you know, I was ready because I committed. Like I committed to getting as much as I could out of growing as a leader and learning about leading teams, coaching individuals through my experience at Cutco, and I I do have a personal belief that you should be good at something before you start coaching other people on it. I think that that's important that you should have a certain level of proficiency and, and performance if you're going to help other people in that area. That being said, kind of diving in fully within the CUTCO world. And then also, you know, there's like a, there was a love of leadership that was born within the environment of CUTCO. And, you know, I explored elsewhere and outside as well to learn more about that through my time with Tony Robbins and others. And I, I just recognized, I was like, wow. The environment and culture here actually is less common out in the marketplace. You know the experience that I had in sales. I just started to see some of my friends get into sales, and I was like, they don't know the basics. They don't know the foundations. They're just kind of being thrown to the wolves. And I, I saw essentially how I could help a lot of people who would benefit from my experience, the expertise that I had tapped into, in the knowledge that I had gained from investing into my learning in deep ways. And I had a vision, you know, it's like, I had a vision and it's, it inspired me. And it was, it was kind of, it was like a soul calling. And I waited for that, you know, cause there, I think everybody has this experience of like, when it gets hard at times wanting to quit and all managers and reps have that experience, but I'm really grateful that I, I saw that there was more for me to learn you know i saw like hey you had a big sales year in 2009 but you didn't develop any leaders like you didn't develop any managers you got to learn that you got to take advantage of that opportunity to grow in that way while you're here and so i didn't leave cutco i i followed a vision if that makes sense i wasn't leaving anything i was right. i was moving towards something that was i felt really connected to and and inspired by
1: yeah What were some of the challenges that you've overcome in doing this?
0: Yeah. You know, there's there's so many challenges in running a business, which is part of why it's such a cool experience to be able to run an office, because you you learn to go through a lot of that. And I don't I don't care what business it is, it's it's never easy. And there's always challenges, there's always things that you didn't know, that you didn't know you didn't know. And so, you know, there's a couple that come to mind. I think one of the first ones is like getting started was hard and figuring out how to sell myself in a new way, you know, sell my services. It's one thing to sell a knife and it's another thing to sell like yourself and your wisdom and expertise is the value. And there's insecurities that come up in that. And uh, I think that was a big early hurdle to overcome. And there's, you know, there's also the challenge of walking the talk, and in, in my business and the work that we do and, and helping teams really connect to what it's going to take for them to be at their best and help them commit to best practices around co-creation and creating safe environments and creating shared vision. There's there's a certain and also one of the, the big things that's important to us is helping people really do that from an integrous place to sell and lead. And go after huge goals from a place of integrity. And I think that that foundation allows people to go further in their performance and to have a more sustainable achievement, whatever they're creating. And so for me, it's, it's when that's what you're putting out there into the world, there's, you have to rise to the standard. And so there's, I think the challenge is having chosen a mission where being comfortable is not really an option. And that if that is the case, it's really hard to be congruent with what I'm teaching. And so it's a challenge that I love. It's a challenge that I accept. And sometimes it's like, why did I <laughs> like, can I just take it easy? Can I just like pump the brakes a little bit? But, but that's, it's, it's a constant challenge. But who I get to become through saying yes to that is more meaningful than any other journey that I could choose. Uh, let's get into some of the signature
1: concepts that you share with others. I would love to have our audience gain a little bit of insight into the wisdom of Ben Skemper and get a few of the, the key ideas that you like to share.
0: Yeah. So at Abundant, we believe that conscious sales leaders are changing the world. And by conscious, I just mean someone who's heart-centered and really conscious of others. And not, just not the salesperson who's, how much can I get? How much can I take? But is a conscious salesperson, sales leader to me is someone who is living, leave it better than you find it. And I think that when salespeople are living that, they're literally changing the world one conversation at a time. Not just through the ways that they change the world, change a person in that conversation, but it's like the vibe you're putting out and like inviting other people to, you know that hope. You know the other day I was on a call with uh, the leadership team at Square, and we were leading them through some manual planning exercises. And it was a lot of fun. And one of the individuals was at her house with her husband and her cousin, who were there. And we were dancing in the middle of our meeting, and they were like, "What are you doing up there?" Because the she was pounding on the floor. And she told them, and they're like, wow, that sounds really fun, which is a rare thing for people to say right now, especially in this COVID era. And I could tell that it kind of gave them hope. Like it gave them hope for what work could be like, what being a part of a team and a culture could be like. And so I think that that's really important and that when, when salespeople are committed to leaving it better than they find it, they're literally changing the, the world in ways that they don't even know. And a little bit more on that is that I think sales prepares people to change the world. Because if you want to change the world, if you want to make an impact, you've got to be influential. So a conscious sales leader who's heart-centered, who's mindful of others, who wants to leave it better than they find it, I really believe that they are changing the world right now for the better. And that's a belief that we have. And what we do at Abundant is we help high-performing sales leaders uh, realize possibility. That's what we're all about. We're helping about helping people step into the possibility, the abundant possibility for themselves. And an abundant possibility is a possibility that's both achievement-oriented, but there's also alignment in it, right? It's not just, hey, let me break this record. Let me do something that's never been done before so I can feel more significant. It's like, hey, are you doing that in a way that's aligned, that's considerate of your family, considerate of your team, that's, that's good for everybody are you doing it from integrity? So alignment plus achievement is how you create abundant possibility. And the last thing I'll share is we have what's called the possibility paradox, which is a three-step process around the, poss- and the possibility paradox is the greater the uncertainty, the greater the possibility. Mm. The more the energy of change that you either embrace or you're experiencing the greater the possibility there is for change. I've seen that in my life, in many other people's lives. I think right now we're seeing that possibility paradox in our world. Things are really uncertain in a lot of ways. And there's also some beautiful possibilities that are coming from that. And it's like no surprise that as COVID is like the most uncertain experience of our lives, There's these different movements and people are getting more passionate and engaged in different ways. And we could talk about problems associated with that too, but there's also the seeds of some really beautiful possibilities that are being born. And the three steps are, one, to own your leadership. That's the first step, which is just recognizing that essentially we have ways that we can make an impact and make a difference that we're not fully owning. So if we want to step into greater possibility, we have to own our leadership at a deeper level. And the deeper, the deepest level of that is to recognize that we are getting in our own way. Our beliefs, our thoughts, our paradigms, what we're focusing on is is getting in the way of our possibility. And so when we own that, we take a look at that, we can choose beliefs, worldviews, what to focus on in a way that is owning our leadership, owning our ability to make an influence on our lives and the lives of others. So that's step one. And there's like a whole bunch more nuance to it. But that's what it is, basically. Step two, once you're owning your leadership, is leaning into possibility. Leaning into vision is really another way to put that. So once you're owning your leadership and you see, wow, I'm so much more influential than I might give myself credit for or might recognize, the possibilities that we can see for ourselves are so much greater. And I believe all we have to do is lean into it. And that's what we believe at Abundant is we already know what we want. We know what our vision is, what our dream is. We just don't
2: always accept it or feel worthy of it.
0: And so lean into your vision. What is the vision that you want to lean into? You move towards what you think and talk about most. So let's think and talk about possibility. Let's think and talk about vision. Let's lean into that. And The, we can talk a bit more about that, Dan, after I share the three steps, but where that starts is giving yourself permission to say, what is my North star? What do I really want in this life? Who do I want to become? Because I think that one, it's okay for that to change. But two, once you claim that it gives more purpose to everything that you do, you start to line up the building blocks and see how, Oh, this opportunity in front of me to grow, to learn, to develop a skill set. Is gonna help me get closer to that North Star to start leaning into possibility, leaning into vision. Mm. And the third step is to make the leap. And making the leap is making the leap to the journey of growth. It's like, hey, if I'm gonna realize a North Star, a big vision, it's it's not about the destination. It's not, it's it's important to have goals, but we have to actually be committed to the practice and the journey. Of how we show up, how we grow—that's the leap we have to make. Is making the journey the goal, and when we do that, that's when we're able to do amazing things over time and make progress towards our north star. So those are the three steps of the possibility paradox: own your leadership, lean into vision, and then make the leap and commit to the journey.
1: Yeah, that's very powerful, Ben. You, you know, you said there when you were talking about the second point, you said that you move towards what you think and talk about most. I think that's a really profound and important point to underscore, you know, is just this whole idea that, you know, our minds are a lot like the, the most advanced heat seeking missile that could exist. And that uh, when we give our minds focus, it provides us with the chance to see the answers to see different paths to see opportunities that otherwise we would just pass right by without seeing. And so it's so important to identify, right. What is that North star as you described, I've heard, uh, particularly Vince Reyes, Mm -hmm. uh, share a lot about the North star exercise that you teach. And and I would love for us to kind of give our audience a, a little snippet into this before we, before we wrap this up today. Can you give us a a short rendition of the North Star exercise?
0: Yeah. So the North Star exercise is really about finding an image that's so inspiring to you about what your future could look like, that it becomes a guiding image for your life. It becomes an image that you orient yourself towards. And again, we think and we, we move towards what we think and talk about most. And so the North Star is picking an image that's so inspiring to you that it's going to be hard not to think about it. It's going to be hard not to think about it. And one of the simple ways that we teach that is through something I learned from a mentor called the impossible moment exercise. And the idea is, what's a moment in your future? doesn't matter how long it would take, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. But what's a moment that's such a big expression of your gifts, your contributions, you adding value? In your mission, but it's so big that you actually think it's impossible.
2: It's so big you actually think it's impossible.
0: And what's helpful about that is by just giving it the label of impossible, it gives us permission to actually see the image. And the power of the impossible moment in your North Star is not that you realize it. It's not that you do the thing exactly or create exactly what the North Star or the impossible moment is. The value in that is then asking the question, well, who's the version of me that that moment would be possible for? Mm. Who would I have to become? Mm -hmm. What is or her characteristics? Because we can start becoming that person now. So that's the real value of it. So, I'll share my impossible moment. My impossible moment is to be putting on some combination. I'm I'm a DJ on the side, Dan Cassetta. I love live music. I was a religious studies major in college. And being at a liberal school like Grinnell, I got to study music festivals as religion, which was pretty cool. (laughs) Right? So, but I've always been drawn to the power of like mass gatherings, like, you know, going to a. Lollapalooza as a kid, and there being 100,000 people in Grant Park, or going to a Tony Robbins event, there being thousands of people going to a sporting event, there's like something powerful about 10s of 1000s of people being together in the same space, something we can't experience right now, unfortunately. So look forward to getting back to that. And so there's something that just I love about that energy. And there's this impossible moment of creating some sort of an experience that's a mixture between a music festival and like a personal development seminar and just smashing them together. Right. And the impossible moment that I have is there's a million people out in front of me and I'm on stage and I'm DJing, I'm leading a breath work exercise and I'm like leading people through a process to connect to possibility. And when I see that moment, I get so inspired and I'm like, yeah, even if I only get a 10th of the way there, it's worth trying. I mean, I mean by the way, a 10th would be like 100,000 people. That'd be pretty dope. That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> and, and then I think about, okay, well, who would I have to become to make that moment happen? You know, one, how much influence would I need to have for people to trust, like a million people to show up to an event that I was putting on? And how amazing of a facilitator would I have to be to, again, earn the opportunity to have that many people show up, but also to facilitate that moment. And also I have to become a better DJ, right? And there's also this quality for me of like, if that moment's going to be powerful for people, how connected to my heart would I have to be? And that, that's a guiding image for me because even in this podcast, or if I'm leading a call for some of our clients, there are times where I view that as practice. And say, hey, I'm showing up right now to like stretch my capacity, to build my muscle, to become more the version of myself that that moment would be possible for. And so it gives more purpose to everything that I do. And so that's the impossible moment exercise uh, or the North Star exercise. What's that impossible moment? It's so big that you think it's impossible. But who would that be possible for? Which version of you? And then question three is great how can you become more of that person through the opportunities that are right in front of you right now? Mm. Awesome. Awesome.
1: Really cool stuff, Ben. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. What else you got? Anything else that uh, you're passionate to share with the Cutco Vector audience? Hmm. Yeah. I, I would say
0: that just the work that Cutco does matters. and for all of you who are in the company, whether you've been there for a while or you're new to the job, what you're contributing to matters because it's it's teaching skill sets, it's creating opportunity, but more importantly, it's it's creating humans. It's literally changing lives. And so, you know, I think that in today's world, the companies that we give our time to matter it matters for us to have a higher standard for like, where are we going to invest into right? our time, our efforts, our energy. And Cutco is an amazing product, but the lives that get changed through this organization are the most important part. And so you know, I would just encourage people to think about that a little bit more and know that like, you're part of a good company and you're doing good work and you're supporting something that matters by being part of the organization. And it's an yeah. honor to be a part of the Cutco Alumni Mafia.
1: <laughs> indeed, indeed. Well, you're one of the uh, better known and uh, most respected members of that, uh, of that mafia. Ben, as you look uh, into your future, what are you most excited about?
0: Uh, I'm excited about some of the organizations that we're working with right now and just continuing mm-hmm. to grow in my craft. You know, I, I love the, the art and the creativity. Of figuring out how to help a team or an organization tap into its full potential or a leader, you know, and there's the principles of that, but there's always like popping the hood and taking a look inside and just seeing where they're stuck and helping people out. I am excited to continue to develop our family, an amazing family with my wife and my two daughters. I'm just blessed to have a healthy, happy family. And I'm excited to hopefully get back to DJing some more soon and facilitating the music on the dance floor for people. Yep. And that, that will
1: obviously, uh, be a part of helping you become that great DJ that can, that's right. And harvest that, uh, impossibility, mm-hmm. uh, that you, you know, that impossible dream that you described. So that's awesome. Well, Hey Ben, this has been really great stuff. I really appreciate uh, your time and your energy and all the value that you've shared. With our audience today i know i've gotten a ton out of this conversation i'm sure that uh, other people will as well so thanks a lot
0: my pleasure thanks for having me on dan
1: all right ben scamper everyone he saw what was possible he expanded his vision during his cutco vector experience and developed and learned a lot of the foundations for performance and the foundations for leadership And a big part of how that happened was through the mentors that Ben had, starting with Carol Bart, and then most notably, uh, Mike Muriel. And Ben said that he committed to the relationship of receiving leadership from Mike. I think that's an important part of getting the most out of the mentoring relationships that you might have right now, the leaders that might be around you, is are you committing to the relationship of receiving leadership? from them, and that means feedback of all sorts, good and bad, as well as, of course, direct guidance and teaching. Ben asked the question, you know, are you taking advantage fully of the opportunities that are in front of you? And with regard to Cutco, committing for a significant period of time, I think this applies to any endeavor that we step into. And I can describe this from the context of the Cutco experience, but it certainly applies in whatever you may be doing right now, right? It's committing for a certain specific period of time and enough time, right? If I were advising a new Cutco rep, just getting started, I would always tell people commit for at least two summers to this job, one summer in sales, one summer in some type of leadership role as a branch or assistant manager. And for anybody getting into becoming a district manager, I would say the same exact thing, that you're making a commitment for at least two summers or two years, two cycles of our business. One summer is just not enough to be able to really see what it's going to be like. A lot of times if somebody struggles at something, they don't like it because they're struggling. And so they translate that into, well, I don't like doing this. But if they were succeeding, they would probably be liking it. And sometimes you have to get over that hump to success to really gauge how you're how you're feeling about what it is that you're doing. Ben encourage people to find an image so inspiring to you that you orient yourself to it. The way we might orient ourselves to the North Star if we were traveling outside at night looking for our way. What is that image for you of something so inspiring? What's a moment that's the biggest expression of your gifts? Right? What could that moment be for you in the world? And who is the version of yourself that this moment is possible for? How can you move toward becoming that person? That was a compelling idea or exercise that came out of the conversation. I also really liked uh, when Ben shared the possibility paradox, which is that with greater uncertainty comes greater possibility. And we are going through a year here in 2020 that has provided the most uncertainty for virtually all of us in our lifetime. And yet the other side of that coin is that it provides possibility. And I would just ask you to think about what kind of influence are you being on the people around you? Because there is an opportunity in this challenging year to serve others through our own leadership. And so I would encourage you to think about how you're applying that, right? There's a lot of people who are out there who are always spouting negativity and, uh, you know, the, the doom and gloom of the situation, which in some cases is real and is there. Other cases is probably embellished, but either way isn't serving the people around them by providing people with confidence, enthusiasm, goals, vision, possibilities right? And I would just encourage you to be the kind of leader who is providing people around you with inspiration, motivation, possibilities, and being a positive influence on other people. I think that is a great way to be as we are all navigating a period of great uncertainty. Hope you enjoyed getting to know Ben Skemper today. I really appreciate uh, the wisdom and insight that was offered here in this episode. And if you liked it, please share it with other people and give us a rating or a review on your podcast player. Thanks everyone for your support. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode of Changing Lives Selling Knives, please consider rating or reviewing us on your podcast player and hit the subscribe button so future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. For access to guest bios, show notes, and other resources, visit changinglivespodcast.com. You can sign up there to receive valuable resources for free from people featured on the podcast. This is Dan Cassetta signing off. We'll be back in a few days for our next story about changing lives.